What's up? It is time to assemble, Nerf Herders. Time for another nap. Josh, how are we doing, my man? We are doing, sir. It's a Monday. Uh, it was a busy work day for me, I'm telling you. I hit the ground running and uh, just got done a little bit ago, so I am exhausted, but I am ready to chat about something other than work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you, man. I have been chasing... Uh, I've been chasing my tail pretty much all day today, trying to get a bunch of different things done and more additions for more customers and like all this stuff. We offered free internet for people who are, uh, for people who have kids or something. I can't remember what the deal was. It was something that involved free internet. And if you're going to give people free internet, there's gonna be a lot more people who are going to be in on that. And right. Yeah. So, now, so it's just, it just keeps getting crazier. It's a nightmare. But... Uh, we have actually got some news this time around. We've got some stuff to talk about, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to just kind of, like, go over what we're doing. Uh, like, entertainment aside, it's like, what we're doing as creators, because obviously you've got books that you're working on. I've got all kinds of different stuff that I'm working on. It's just like, what's keeping us busy outside of the entertainment industry? But, hmm. before we go I on into that, uh, we've got some, uh, we got some movie theaters uh, getting ready to not close their doors, but uh, we got some bankruptcy talk coming around now. I think a lot of now I think we both kind of would have figured that this was coming, um, but it's actually the big ones. Like I, I, I would have figured that some smaller movie theater chains would probably be uh, looking at like. In fact, a friend of mine, uh, he actually used to be my boss. He has a small local theater uh, in the town where I grew up. And uh, he had just acquired it, um, like sometime last year, and I feel like uh, it was early last year. So he had some good time before this actually kicked in there. But like, I wonder, because I haven't been seeing too many updates from him, so I'm not sure how that's doing. But no, we're seeing uh, AMC, uh, which is, are like if you're if you're a theater goer, you've arguably had to have heard about it at this point. Um, and then Cinemark, which is another. Uh, let's see. It says it's the third largest exhibitor, which is pretty crazy. What does that mean? I I'm trying to figure out, like, because I haven't actually heard of Cinemark, so I'm I'm like looking through here trying to see if they if they're going like under a different name as far as their theaters go, but I'm not seeing that, which is <clears throat> which is kind of weird. I don't even know if they're just like a theater chain. Yeah, they are. Yeah, no, it um, says yeah, it says it's a theater chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are launching a an offering of two hundred and fifty million dollars in senior secured notes, uh, which is uh, which is a debt sale. Uh, they claim that they will be used for general corporate purposes, which include enhancing its liquidity at a time when cinemas have been closed indefinitely due to coronavirus. Yeah, which is pretty much the exact same situation that AMC is facing as far as uh, looking to talk about bankruptcy. It's for the, it's for the same reason. We've got coronavirus. It's keeping people out of theaters. Theaters are closed. Um, AMC is hoping to reopen movie theaters by mid June, but uh, I mean, that's, that's all, that's all still kind of up in the air. We don't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so to your, what you were talking about, about how you're kind of surprised about the bigger theaters versus the smaller theaters. 
I actually think it makes sense um, that the bigger theaters are hurting more, and I'll tell you why. So Cinemark, um, they actually used to have some screens here in in Omaha, but they're not here anymore. But they have uh, 548 theaters in the U.S. and and just over 6,000 screens uh, total. So they're about they're about the normal size. Uh, AMC theaters has doubled that. They have a thou over a thousand theaters and eleven thousand screens across the U.S. and they have been operating uh, pretty crazy over the last decade. They've pretty much just you know how you've heard of Genesis gyms, right? Yep. So Genesis, for those people not in the Midwest, Genesis has what basically what they've been doing is they've been buying up um, gyms around the Midwest and then putting them all under one name. So basically, instead of building their own gym and bringing in all their old equipment, they're just finding gyms in major cities that are failing and then buying them out. And then basically all they have to do is, you know, put up a new sign, maybe do some renovations, but they don't have to start from scratch. And then they're basically bringing all those people that were part of that failing gym. They've already got some people to sign up immediately. It's a good working thing if you have the money to do it. So AMC's been doing that for the better part of the past decade, and they've just been buying up theaters left and right. I mean, there are theaters in town that weren't always AMC theaters, and now they are. So that's kind of their model, and, you know, I mean, the bigger the company is, the more slack they have. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Netflix's big debt before, and it just seems crazy how a company could be in so much debt and yet be operating on a level that's acceptable, and it's because they're so big that, you know, the right banks will say, hey, you're, you know, you'll, you'll, even things out as time progresses and so with this amc chain before coronavirus you know the idea of them buying out more theaters across the nation meant that more people were going to their theaters instead of their competitors and so you know it might be putting them in some debt at the time being but eventually they would just pretty much own the theater uh industry well now that coronavirus has hit um, and, and pretty much all theaters have shut their doors, you know, there's no money coming in, and suddenly all of AMC's risky yet, uh, you know, acceptable decisions are now unacceptable, and they have, you know, they're just bleeding. So, whereas a smaller chain like Exarbon Cinema or something like that would have to go through more vigorous uh, uh, setups would have to have a little more uh, investment security in it and everything for it to for it to exist for it to pop up especially when it's popping up in a city where there's already three AMCs you know who's ever who's ever helping them with their finances wants to make sure they're secure so I would imagine that those theaters have a little more leeway right now because they probably had some type of a of a backup or a savings or protection in place, whereas a bigger theater like AMC might have been making more risky decisions because at the time they could afford to. Yeah. Uh, do you think that if we see this, uh, if we see this kind of continue 
like, what do you predict uh, theater like these big theater companies are going to end up doing if this goes on for a lot longer than what they're uh, that they're planning on? Because the big thing about the coronavirus is that we don't know what its resurgence is going to look like, and right. so. Like, is it going to end up like it's is it going to end up like flu season where it comes back every year and there's kind of and the strain is a little bit different. So even if a vaccine is developed, is it going to be as effective? Like if we if we end up looking into something, if we end up looking at social distancing guidelines and public areas like that, public, I'm sorry, public gatherings rather being shut down. What do you uh, what do you predict? Well, yeah, because there's so much. There's so much to consider there, right? I mean, even if tomorrow the gov- you know, the United States government started relaxing all the social distancing rules, um, you gotta you gotta wonder if people would still go out. You know, like if tomorrow the governor of of uh, Nebraska said, "Hey, don't worry about what we did yesterday. We're all good now." Are people gonna actually flood the the mall, or, or are they gonna be like? Eh, I don't know, man. I might stay home a little yeah. bit more, you know. So there, there, there'd probably be a delay in return to services like that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, right now, what they're they're saying best cases is it'll be two years before we get a vaccine. And right now, they still don't even know if um, if you recover from this virus, could you get it again? You know, like some other viruses, most other viruses, if you recover from it, it's kind of a natural immunity to it they don't know yet if that's the case for coronavirus so you know like you said it could it could kind of have these these resurgences over the next couple years depending on how we deal with things so with all that in the air i mean yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a striking blow like a, a a death blow to to industries like the theaters and a lot of big uh, movie news networks have been following the decline of AMC for the last month. They've seen this coming. We've just kind of been waiting for the date where AMC actually files for bankruptcy. And it it does suck. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of high-up people in the industry believe that there should be some type of bailout for AMC um, whether that's government bailout or industry bailout, whether that's something that Hollywood and um, and its studios comes together to bail AMC out, because let's face it, if AMC closes, then you're gonna have uh, over a thousand theaters and over eleven thousand screens across the U.S. closed, and when uh, Hollywood opens back up, and when we start putting movies back in the theaters. Where where are these studios going to send movies to? You know, if not for AMC, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, as many theaters as we have, especially in Midwest states. You know, the the coastal cities are huge states or huge cities that people go to the theater. They go to the theater most in the coastal. But because of companies like AMC, the Midwest and other, you know, other places around the U.S. can have multiple screens in one city and therefore multiple options. And so it's, it's either, you know, there's a lot of people saying that the industry somehow needs to band together and bail out AMC theaters, um, or something like, you know, somebody buys AMC theaters, but who's going to make that kind of a buy right now? You know, Disney's not going to make another buy, especially after their recent buys. 
And, you know, even something as mega as AMS, as uh, Amazon probably wouldn't, you know, consider that type of a buyout, right? Right now, everybody's tight-pocketed. So, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I mean, I seriously, I can't imagine the industry just letting something this big die um, without some type of, you know, last-minute save. Because, in the end, it would benefit Hollywood more if AMC stayed open. It would certainly hurt them if AMC closed. Yeah, and in the interim, before things actually do kind of return to the new normal that we're going to end up seeing, or to the normal that we saw before, which is, like you said, going to be probably several years down. Like, until we see a vaccine, we probably won't see things going back to where they were before. There's going to be some some restrictions in place in a lot of, in a lot of areas that we hadn't seen them in before. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, like, cause before the, before the coronavirus actually caused AMC to shut their doors, they were limiting screenings down to 50 people. Um, right. I can see that being like the, the logical next step when things open back up, when they're able to open their doors back up, they're still going to limit the amount of people that are getting in there. Right. And, uh, I also think that we're probably I'm wondering if we're going to see shorter uh, lead times in theaters like 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 I'm, I'm curious to see which direction they go. Like, are they going to extend the amount of time that the movies are in theaters to allow the amount of people to get in there to see them because they only have that 50 person limit? Or are they going to uh, our movie theater or studios going to give them for the normal amount of time in the theater? but also shorten the length of time before uh, digital releases because yeah. we're starting to see digital releases coming out sooner and sooner, just all the time. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be like their next step because the, if the studio can launch it, I mean, I think just based off of what like Amazon was charging for some of those is like a $20 rental fee. Like, like I wonder right. how much of the, uh, how much of that is made back compared to well, a theater release. You know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. So I, I, I do feel like when they come back, they would probably come back where they, they're not filling every seat. You know, especially in Omaha, most of the theaters here um, have your, you know, you pick your seat online and stuff like that. So I could see, yep. you know, a change to that system easily be made that, you know, you can't have three seats next to each other or something like that. Although... I would wonder how they would do that with a family. You know, like if you go to the theater with your wife and your three kids, are they going to make you sit separately or are they going to allow you to sit together? And then how do they, you know, how do they determine? That would be a weird thing to police. But I imagine something like limited seating per theater will happen for a while. And then because of that, I then imagine that lead times in theaters... a film that would normally make X amount of dollars expected in so long would would get a longer time to do that. But then, yeah, does that sure. mean that, that studios would release less movies so that each movie could have more time? You know, it's a, it's a lot of questions that then just come up. When you make one change like that, it affects a lot of things. And, yeah, you know, we, we're seeing uh, that, that new Trolls movie came out on digital as one of the first, you know, major movies that didn't already have time in the theater, coming straight to digital, and if you looked into the response from that, the major—it was interesting—the majority of the of the negative feedback 
was not about the movie itself, but about the $20. And it is kind of crazy to me um, because, you know, we we have it lucky here. We have things like $5 Tuesdays in Omaha. You go to some place like New York, mm-hmm. and depending on the night and the location in the theater, you could be paying $25 to $30 for just your seat. So, um, and even in Omaha on opening night, you're certainly not taking a family of three to five people to a theater for under 20 bucks. Um, and I, you know, I mean, so unless it was one person renting trolls just for themselves, um, I could see how, depending on where you live in the U.S., $20 for a two-night rental seems like a lot. But if it's a family that would have normally gone to the theater, you know, based on the gas you would have spent, the treats you would have bought, all that stuff, you would have spent well over $20, $30, $40 to take a family to see that movie. But still, more people were like, hey, it's not the theater experience. I'm watching it in my house, and I would rather pay $25, $30 to own it than $20 for um, for a two-day rental. In fact, a lot of people were saying, hey, you know, the, when when my kids watch a movie at home, they don't watch it like they do in the theater. They're not captivated like they are in the theater. My kids will watch the same movie every day for a month. And, you know, $20 for two days is ridiculous to some families. And so when you look at that kind of response, even though it is saving these families money compared to if they were going to the theaters, they're still not having it. So, yeah. uh, and, and now, granted... That's just for trolls. If some Marvel movie came out or some Christopher Nolan movie came out, uh, the response might be different. But right now, if given the choice, if everything opened back up, I think more people would still prefer the theater. And and right now, they're not they're not you know tasting that sweet honey of direct to their TV at home and liking it just yet. Yeah, and, and unfortunately too, because we might. Like we said, we, that might be the new normal, and I mean that that might just be have some. Like we 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 talked about this a, a few episodes ago. It was more than a few, but several episodes ago about how twenty dollars to rent a film is is peanuts compared to the cost to take a full family of people. Because like because that was that was one of the biggest factors is that you're pay like you don't know how many people are actually watching that inside their house like that's 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 kind of the big thing it's like you could have the you could have like a family of let's see the average household has uh two to three kids so let's let's just say on the high end three kids two adults i mean just the like the last time i went to the theater just for me and cc just for tick just for tickets it came out to like 24 dollars and so you're looking at probably 35 to 40 just for tickets to get in there. Right. And then it was like another 20 just for snack, just for just for popcorn and water it was like an extra 20 bucks. Right. Yes, and it was then, bottled water. Then, we weren't doing tap, but still, like, it's just yeah. ridiculous. And you're on their time and, and you're on their dime. And if you want to pause the movie, you can't and all that stuff. There's a lot of convenience to being able to yeah. watch these movies at home. But... You know, let's be real. For example, Trolls um, came out, uh, you could rent it on Amazon. Now, Amazon didn't make Trolls. So you know Amazon's getting a cut of that money. And then Mm -hmm. you also know that, I mean, this happens every time. 
every time there's anything out, like, <clears throat> you will, you know, for, if, if anybody knows anything about movie piracy, as soon as there's a digital version of a movie out there somewhere, somehow, it leaks. Like, usually right before the Oscar season and the Golden Globe season, there's a lot of physical and digital versions of these movies that leak online because there's so many versions going between hands, and no matter how hard they try, year after year, it happens. And so every with every one of these movies that's released over the last month and a half, literally the second that it is available for someone to purchase, within 10 minutes, it's available for everybody to pirate. And these companies know this, and they're making, they're making their judgments on that. That's why you're not seeing uh, a digital release date for something like Wonder Woman right now. Or, or 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 bond you know that was supposed to come out this month you're not seeing those things because they know that they can't afford to release that on digital it's just there's no way in hell that they are going to make a fraction a, 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 an agreeable fraction of what they would make in the theater on digital and right now Hollywood is playing the long game and believing that <clears throat> We're gonna we're gonna see some change by mid to end summer, and if not, they're pushing their movies out to 2021. They're saying we would rather delay our movies years, but instead of release them online, and that that goes to show you how much these studios are losing by doing this. And it's you got to remember, it's not out of the kindness of their hearts. This is a business. You might be complaining about twenty dollars. But your $20 is still change to them. They're, they're still losing so much money uh, con- you know, compared to a theatrical run. And it's, and it's insane. And you, you, see these, you see these theaters hurting. Well, the studios that are making the movies are hurting. And the more they hurt, the less movies they're going to come out with, the smaller budgets they're going to be, and the less movies you're going to have in the future to watch. So it's just a, you know, it's... It's like a domino effect. It's just affecting everybody in the industry. And it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, like you, you mentioned piracy because that was uh, that was another thing that I had found uh, somewhat recently that the uh, uh, Business Insider had an article where they put out that uh, visits to film piracy sites grew by eighty nine percent from January eighteenth to January twenty sixth, the day after the Chinese New Year. Um, which during like in January stuff was hitting in China pretty damn hard. Right. Um, this, this virus is what was already pretty well into the thick of the, the problems that they were seeing over there. Um, certain movies saw a rise in piracy in China. Um, 2011's film contagion, uh, saw a 151, uh, like 152% increase in piracy, uh, streaming site visits and, uh, parasite, uh, saw a 240% increase in piracy. Um, and this is between January and February, which uh, uh, a lot of that might um, be because they're like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but back when uh, I'm not going to say that I ever pirated anything, but <laughs> if I did, I was probably waiting until the film had released. So the better quality version was out. Sure, there was that, and then that's also right before the Oscars, that time period, and so everybody's seeing the nominations for the Oscars, and they want to watch the film before the big night, you know, so uh, 
with especially do you remember all the nominations Parasite got and then eventually won? I mean, I could understand yeah. why yeah. all these people are like, the hell is this movie? I gotta go find this right now and then turn to piracy. And that was that was back when the majority of the world was still in operation. So could you imagine what what kind of traffic these sites are getting now? It's I oh, mean insane. It's got to be insane. But then the, the big also, thing that we're going to start seeing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say there's there's one other thing that, you know, that this is affecting. I, I can imagine we're, we're seeing all of how this is affecting the movies that were already made, right, that we're about to release. I'm anxious to see how this is going to affect the movies that haven't been made yet. Because, you know, uh, for example... And it's become, it's been coming up in the news lately. Martin Scorsese's next movie has been on everybody's lips ever since The Irishman came out, and he's he's making an adaption of Killers of the Flower Moon and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it, and it is supposed to be crazy huge. And and you know The Irishman got bought by Netflix, and it was this crazy big movie, and it was expensive, and everybody thought that it was a little bit over the top. But hey, Netflix went all out to get it right and they were hoping that they would get something along the lines of awards for it and then they got like what nothing at the oscars i don't i don't know if the irishman got anything at the oscars and you know so now uh martin scorsese wants to make this movie for 200 million and he's trying to convince netflix and apple to flip the bill and you know i mean can you imagine what those talks are i mean five years ago it'd be like martin scorsese do whatever the hell he wants but now it, you know I, i'm sure so many people are like even though it's martin scorsese and even though it's leonardo dicaprio how the hell are we gonna make money from this you know and no. then do we start seeing a decline in these big budgeted movies just because studios are like we can't we can't afford that man that's just crazy well, to to clarify your earlier question about the Irishman's uh, Academy Award uh, performance, they actually got ten nominations. Yeah, uh, but did they picture, win anything? Supporting act. No, they didn't win any of them. That's um, crazy. But they got they got nominations ten and they won nothing. Every big category, they I won zero according to this. I mean, nominations nominations are still a big thing, and they can say that. But that is, could you imagine going into the Oscars with ten? nominations and walking away with zero i mean you've got to have the most confidence walking in there and then just the most earth-shattering depression walking out of there like you would think you'd grab at least one of those and you got nothing it's bizarre it's so bizarre and it's a scorsese film jeez and there's also a big part of that industry that's actually like it has a lot to do with the marketing Uh, of people who are actually pushing it out there. And there are some old school guys on those voting boards who are like, yeah, uh, I'm, they kind of pull the Spielberg. They're like, we're not ready to see major releases go straight to streaming. It's like, they consider it not cinema, which, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Especially uh, considering it's Martin Scorsese who, who's putting it out on this streaming site after giving Marvel a bunch of crap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, yeah like it's, I mean, it's a weird it's a weird parallel but it is a weird parallel but you know like i it's it's one thing for someone like christopher nolan to say hey 
we need to support theaters and we need to support film and not just digital. It's one thing to be like passionate about the industry and about the craft. It's another thing to shit on a, a huge portion of the industry. It you know I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. was it Spielberg that was very adamant about not allowing Netflix and people like that into the Oscars. I mean, it's just, you know, like, that's just kind of bullshit, man. It'd be like, I mean, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that argument would be like, if this movie is being shown in a $5 theater versus the, you know, the big uh, Cinerama screen, then it shouldn't be allowed. You know, it's just a different way of viewing a movie. It doesn't mean that the same hard work isn't put into these movies, and they're not. It would be one thing if Netflix was only putting out the bottom of the barrel of the $1 clearance aisle, you know, B-movies, but that's not the case. It <laughs> is it is cinema, it's just different, and it is feature-length. It's not like it's a Vine or a TikTok or a Quibi or whatever the hell this new thing is. It's, it is a movie, and you're just looking like an old asshole. And right now, uh, yeah, right now, there is no theaters. And if anything's going to keep Hollywood alive, it's some type of convergence and and compromise with digital right now. So people like that better never talk shit again about digital because this is the only thing keeping them alive right now. And Quibi could not have chosen a better time to come out. Like, honestly, their, their marketing kind of kind of. Sh- took me away i don't because i don't know what it is but there's something about seeing chrissy Teigen trying to pretend like she's a normal person or trying to act relatable is just impossible to me it just (laughs) it just doesn't work and so like like her the ad that she and john legend her husband had in uh in the Serpa, in the Super Bowl, it was a car commercial. I can't I can't remember what car company it was. I can't remember the car. I was how forgettable, yeah. The actual commercial itself was, but it just inspired this visceral anger. How shitty the commercial was. They had and, a commercial uh, every other commercial. I can only oh imagine God. what money they spent because it was every commercial break they had a Quibi commercial, and. Is ridiculous, and also like so. She was shown Chrissy Teigen was showing up in that car commercial. She's showing up in these Quibbies because I guess I guess she has a show on Quibby that's that's coming out. So I mean that yeah that makes sense. But they also had her for a Hulu ad, and I don't know if you saw the ad. You might know exactly the one that I'm talking about, and so should some of our listeners. But she's basically watching a show on Hulu, and. As soon as the show ends, she's like, oh, what happens next? Be like, bitch, do you not know what you're doing by watching Hulu already? Like, don't don't tell me you have no idea what you're doing on Hulu binge watching the shit out of that show. It's like, and and Hulu, what are you guys doing making the assumption that people don't know what you are already? Like, come on. Yeah. Don't be right. giving me this crap. And she said, but. Chrissy Teigen's also sitting there in this like super nice living room. It's like a mansion level place. She's sitting there, her makeup's all done up, her hair's all done up. She's eating popcorn with these like super long nails, and I'm like bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> and it's like Hulu. If you want to give me an honest ad, you're gonna need to give me Chrissy Teigen. Her hair is all tied up. She's wearing sweatpants and a and an old <laughs> ratty, dirty T-shirt, and she's she's 
chest deep in a couch that is like the cushions are just big enough to like you sink into them or or you're just covered in pillows and blankets and whatever and and you've forgotten what you're watching at this point it's literally just background noise to the void in your life at that point then you'll have an accurate hulu ad but i i don't know why i'm getting so upset about this she, I, I just she bugs me a little bit okay <laughs> like i just oh man and so seeing her in every every fucking quibi ad just makes me want to watch quibi even less until uh, this recent ad for the most dangerous game. Yeah. Let me see if I can find. Let me see if I can find because I can never remember his fucking name, and I feel so bad every single time. Uh, da, 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 da. Where is he? No, don't give me the whole. Fu- Christoph Waltz. That's it. Oh right, uh, like, right. Christoph Christoph Waltz is like the exact opposite of Chrissy Teigen for me. Mm-hmm. Because when I see Chrissy Teigen in something, I'm like, I need to stay away from this. It's going to be awful. I'm going to hate it. Uh, but I see Christoph Waltz in something. I'm like, all right, I need this in my life immediately. Stat now. Right. And, and I guess he had an ad for the most dangerous game, which is uh, looks looks kind of like a a modern take on uh, the the classic story where uh, people are being hunted on this island by this rich prick. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I need the, the challenge book we now. All read in school. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he, also heavily influenced the Zodiac. Like super interesting stuff. I love crime stuff like that. Right. And Quibi could not have chosen a better time to start launching stuff like that. Well, I mean, I'm sure someone told Quibi like, "Hey, man, this is the Super Bowl. So the more you get in front of people, the more likely they are to want to check you out." For me, it was the verse. It was the reverse. I was like, "Dude, you are." tried way too hard and you're pissing me off and I have no will to see it. And so, but yeah, it, you know, the, the thing is it's new, it's new content when every other content is being delayed. So, so, I mean, I guess they saw something like, uh, 1.7 million downloads in the first week, which is huge. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. and they are, you know, as much as I think it's dumb, I don't want to watch an eight-minute episode of a show. But I will say that it's not like I haven't been doing that for a while. You know, HBO, a lot of their biggest shows right now are only 30 minutes. Silicon Valley has been 25, 30-minute episodes. Uh, the Rock's uh, sports show that I can't think of all of a sudden has only been 25 to 30-minute episodes. Um, we, we talked about, uh, we talked about the Harley Quinn animated series. Those have only been 12 to 15 minute episodes piece. And yet I love those. So I guess 10 minute episodes isn't crazy. Um, isn't, isn't as crazy as I thought it was, but there is a, there is a thing to, to wonder how much did they stack up on before they launched this? Because, you know, if if giant movies aren't filming, are you really expecting us to believe that you're going to get this top tier talent to film for something this small? You know, because that's what they're selling it. They're selling they're selling movie and TV level episodes with movie and TV level casting, but they're short and they're small. And and you know if 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 you're if you run out of content, how are you going to get more content? 
you know, it's not something that the average Joe is generating. Um, and then on top of that, there was a lot of criticism already about how, you know, this isn't something that people couldn't watch on their TV screens for the most part, unless it was some type of pairing thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's having, it's having some, some interesting issues. They, they did well, but then they also did not well. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how Quibi looks in about a month, but it's crazy times right now, man. And it's really interesting to see the, you know, how everything is changing as far as the, the things we're watching. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, like the one thing, uh, about Quibi was that I was like really hoping that it was going to be, um, like when I first saw it, I was hoping that it was going to be kind of like YouTube where anybody could, could get their content up on there. When, when I found out that that wasn't the case, that was kind of upset. Right. Uh, um, because I thought that would be like a, like something like that would be really cool for what I do, which, which is kind of leading into what I, another topic that I was going to talk about was like what we do, uh, aside from taking in entertainment and working our day jobs is like for the filmmaking that I'll be working on for some like short films, 10 minutes is not bad for a short film length. So I thought a platform like that would have been pretty cool. Um, but with uh, with COVID, my, my filming schedule is kind of taking a, a real turn. But you, on the other hand, uh, can do I, – I would hope that you can work on books from home unless you're you're taking in a method that's, uh, that's completely different to what I'm familiar with as far as writing a book goes. But uh, how, is the, uh, how is the Josh Howell author doing these days? Uh, I mean <laughs> – if the state of everything outside my house wasn't already super depressing, um, my lack, <laughs> my lack of taking advantage of this time from home is super depressing. And you know, um, yeah, but before that. before the idea of working from home was like this, like like this taboo thing of oh yeah, I'd be working. But since no one's looking over my shoulder, I'd really be multitasking and doing my thing, you know. Uh, there's none of that going on right now, man. I am <laughs> I am logging in the beginning of the day, and then I blink, and the day is over. And the only real way that I've been tracking time is that my wife, she's been so amazing. She uh, has been making us lunch every day. And so that's really the only way that I know what, you know, how deep in the day is because she comes in and gives me lunch. But otherwise <laughs> I blink and it's the end of the day and I've been working full throttle and I'll probably still work full throttle for another 30, 45 minutes past what I normally work. And then by the time that's done, man, there is nothing that can force me to stay in my seat. I don't want to type another keystroke on my computer. I don't want to look at another screen unless maybe it's the TV from the couch downstairs and I'm just mentally exhausted. And even at the, you know, I'll be like this weekend, this weekend, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some stuff done. Nope. Nope. Not at all, man. Uh, like I've every single week I've had the same internal conversation in my head. And every single weekend, I have the same depression and defeat from not achieving those goals. Um, <laughs> this week, I'm, I am, I'm, I made steps today. I'm, I'm really trying to update my Squarespace uh, website. 
Um, it's something that I've never done before. I've always had my books available on Amazon, and then I sell the bulk of them in person. But all of my cons were canceled for the first half of this year. I'm not doing anything big or small. I mean, I had this whole plan this year to do big cons, small cons, uh, you know, craft shows. I was I was going to try to do something every two weeks, and then that, that all went to shit. So I am am really trying to update my website um, and to add the commerce side of things, to add a store, and then try to push that. I'm a, I'm a part of a lot of a lot of reading uh, groups on Facebook and Reddit and other things, and they're always asking for you know who's an author in here and who's got books to sell. And I have an inventory, and right now the USPS is still open, and it costs pennies to ship books through media mail. So I really want to update my website so that I can try to push what books I have, and then maybe that'll give me more momentum to, to start writing the stories that I had planned to write this year, but so far I have made zero progress on. Yeah, I mean, you had just, uh, I mean, kind of when you were first getting involved with uh, Nerf Herders, you were just, you were kind of right in the middle or just finishing the Halcyon Garden, were you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and right, right and before that, I kind of started with you guys, um, you know, on a more regular basis, I just finished it. I finished it in time for New York Comic Con last October. Um, and every year for like the past couple of years, I've, that's been like my, my goal is to bring a new book to New York Comic Con. But for the last couple of years, I, I, ever since I was like a kid, I am the ma- I'm the master of procrastinating. I, I, I never studied for a test till the night before. I never wrote a 10 page paper until the night before. If anything, I, I convinced myself that I was better and more creative if it was three in the morning instead of three weeks before the due date. And, and so the last couple years I've been writing and finishing that book in August in order to get it out in October. And this year I'm like, not, not this year. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a couple books done this year, and it's almost May, and I have zero pages <laughs> written. So uh, I'm so I'm so d- sad with myself right now, but I'm gonna get past it some, somehow. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a very similar place. Um, so right at the beginning of the year, uh, and I've and I've mentioned this plenty of times, but right at the uh, Pretty much right at the beginning of the year, I had made plans to uh, film a, a mini documentary series on uh, on local musicians here in the area because I want to get into filmmaking and I've always been uh, a big advocate for the local music scene here and and so that was something I was pushing for and I would also like to uh, work on some of like the, the fantasy ideas that there's there's a Star Wars fan fiction that I would really love to film. I'd, I'd, I'm actually really stoked to to get started on that, um, but there's there's actually a lot of training that I need to go through as far as post production, uh, and that's uh, and I haven't done any of those courses yet, which they've been sitting in my in my learning library for ever now. Still haven't done anything with them, but uh, yeah, the with everything with COVID kind of coming in and ruining the the schedule, it was like my first episode. I had gotten maybe half of the filming done that I wanted to get done. And, uh, honestly, the amount of footage that I got for that, for a 30 minute series, maybe like it's probably a, probably a 30 minute video each episode, um, at the most, 
uh, probably had enough, uh, but I not I didn't have enough to like tell the story that I really wanted to. Which I mean, you as a creator can understand. Like, if it's not the story that you wanted to tell, you're not gonna tell like a half version of it or anything like that. You don't want to sacrifice any headway for uh, to make room for time. Like, you wanna you wanna tell the story that you originally had in mind. And I'm kind of having to shift it uh, to be sort of around how the music scene is adjusting to. COVID-19 and all that stuff. So, but it's really tough to film people when you can't be around people. Uh, so it's, it's turned into a pretty interesting exercise in, uh, in, I guess, uh, I don't even know what kind of filmmaking I would call it. Quarantine filmmaking. Like it's, uh, it's a weird thing, but that's, that's what I do. And that's, and honestly, like that's where most of the videos on our YouTube channel uh, came from was just sitting in here on the camera and I missed the hell out of that. I, I really miss doing trailer reactions, but another side effect of, uh, of COVID-19 is that we haven't had trailers to react to because movie th studios are kind of holding off. They don't want to hype everybody up if they don't know when they're actually going to be able to put that release out there or how, or how they would put the release out there. So we haven't really had, uh, we haven't really had trailers to react to, I'm really upset that we didn't get to do our commentary uh, series because we were going to watch uh, Star Wars Episode One, and we were going to do our uh, our I guess I guess a good word for it is our watch along mm -hmm. commentary, right? Right. Um, which which we'll probably be able to do um, while maintaining social guidelines because there'd only be like an extra one person in mm -hmm. the house compared to usual. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like or two if you decide to bring Maddie along with you. Uh, it's probably something that we could still do, but like, also we want to be, we want to be safe. We want to continue. So to anybody listening, like we, we absolutely want, like I'm, I'm locked in a box right now because all of my creative endeavors are outside, like the bulk of the work to get the creative stuff that I like to do is outside of my home. <laughs> uh, my photography is, is outside like I, I shoot models, uh, musicians, uh, landscapes. Uh, I don't, I don't have a lot of interesting landscapes in here. Uh, if I wanted to shoot wildlife photography, the closest that I can get are birds or squirrels outside or trying to sneak up on my cats. Um, cause they're, they're not camera friendly. They run away. They don't like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't had anything happen to them with the camera out. So I don't know what their problem is. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a, uh, I, the cabin fever, bleh, fever, uh, cabin fever for me is already pretty intense just because I'm, I want to get out of the house. All of my hobbies, most of my hobbies, as far as the ones that I'm really passionate about, take me outside of the house and, uh, and I want to create stuff for you nerf herders. I want, I want to create stuff for you guys. And yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. And, uh. <laughs> it's really hard for me to edit footage of just myself. Mm -hmm. It was really easy when we were doing trailer reactions because there was somebody else in there. It was like balance out how weird and awkward of a person I am. <laughs> but when it's just me, it's really hard to watch that while editing it. So like I've got uh, two movie reviews uh, that are filmed, um, but I, it's, it's so hard for me not to cringe at the idea, <laughs> cringe at watching myself 
and edit, like you can't edit without watching myself in those frames and it just sucks. So uh yeah, I got we got to come up with a more creative way for me to it was like I don't know, maybe I'll maybe I'll do the movie review but I'll wear a mask or something like that so I'm not looking at myself or something. I don't know. Like right. I got to figure something out. Right. But uh I, like it'd be really cool to be able to do our commentary series remotely. Like I wonder if that's something that we could work out to it. Like the only thing that I worry about is like synchronization issues or or anything like that. But probably wouldn't get too terribly thrown off as long as we were just like on point with, um, like all right, starting in like loaded up into Disney Plus and then immediately be like all right, as soon as you hit it, zero it out, and then we're gonna hit play in three, two, one, bam. Right, right. And then just kind of just record. Yeah, yeah. I have seen it might if be anything doable. that's kind of been encouraging because I've seen, you know, before all this was going down, there was a lot of stuff about, you know, a lot of people leaving YouTube and and YouTube yeah. being not the greatest place for creators. Well, right now it's the haven for new content. And uh yeah. you know, I'm on YouTube a lot during the day. I'm I'm always listening to something in the background if I'm not editing video and I have seen a ton of channels pop up and, and they're all doing the same thing. Either their first watch of something, whether or not we actually believe it's a first watch is, is a no, whole nother debate, but their first watch sure. or their, their binge commentaries or they're doing what we're just talking about because a lot of these people have nothing else to do. You know, they're at home. They might as well watch something. And, and then, so these new channels are popping up and, and, um, and getting some some uh, some attention, which is is really kind of cool. Actually, it's it's something that yeah. you would you know, because for a while there, it was like, man, if you weren't like a Philip DeFranco who's been around for a decade and and has this kind of legacy, then it's hard for you to get up to there. If you're not a Chris Stuckman or a Jeremy Johns or something like that, it's hard for you, you know, for anybody to consider you as an option and now it's just like we're just we're just you know we're we're digging around in the corners of the internet for something new and there's a lot of there's a lot of people coming up so that's that's been really encouraging but yeah man i mean i watch movies so (laughs) if there's something if there's some way that we could rig it up uh to where we can we can just both push play together and and do some commentaries i think that'd be fun yeah, I've just uh, like like originally when we were gonna do that, I was debating like how we were actually gonna output it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was gonna have us be on camera and we were gonna and like we were gonna insert pieces of the video from time to time, um, I feel like it would actually be smarter to just do it uh, audio only and uh, release it in whatever medium we want to at that point. And honestly, it wouldn't be that hard for a watcher or a listener to like to determine where we're at in the movie just based off of what we're talking about. But yeah, I think we could I think we could rig something like that up. And uh yeah, we're both using the same Disney Plus account right now, so <laughs> probably shouldn't uh, Disney listen to this. Who gives a shit? It's like they got bigger fish to fry right now. Well, um, they do allow yeah, you like, so much, so it's not like, you know, it's uh Yeah, it's like, like I probably only get the like the right one now. additional the probably only get the two screens at a time anyway, so Yeah. Not really that big of a concern, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, th- th- that'd be really fun thing to put together because then it's, I mean, it's super simple. We get to keep that 
keep a variety of content going because we've been killing it with the podcast lately. I mean, this is episode 11. Um, and so we've nailed, what is that? That's two, all, pretty much two a week for, uh, for almost a month now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, minus some, some missed stuff, but n- nothing major. Like we haven't, like we had that one week where I was just boned and, uh, that wasn't that wasn't super great because I felt terrible, man. I felt terrible during that time where I just kind of kept on dropping out. But our schedules are kind of like we're we're flexible enough. We've been working with each other on that, and it's been working out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love to put something like that together. I just gotta. I mean, maybe we just try it. Maybe we just give it a go sometime this weekend or something like that, and just say, hey, uh, let's let's give it a go. Let's see how it comes out in the editing room, and and I mean, if it works out, it works out. Yeah, for sure. Just just go for it, you know? For sure. Uh, yeah, if you got, like, I wanted to start with Star Wars, but if uh, listeners out there would like to have us watch something else, maybe, like, even if it was, like, a first-time reaction, that'd be pretty cool. So it's, like, a first-time watch-along for us. Like, well... That'd be pretty neat. See, I don't know about that, because, I mean, no one, you know, if it's a first time for us, we're not really going to be wanting to talk, you know? We're going to... Well, for like, wanna... for, like, one of us. Right. But I mean, like, like I th- I think the 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 best thing for these for this type of medium is something that everybody's watched, and that everybody loves to to talk about or shit on or whatever, and then we you know we can feel free because what's the number one complaint about our movie trailer reactions? It's that oh yeah, shut up you're through. talking. Well, that well, would be first the, of all that would be the point of this would be to talk throughout the whole thing. So. Um, and I got a beef with that because, first of all, if you're waiting for us to watch a trailer before you watch it, I'm flattered. <laughs> uh, I'm very flattered. But don't do that. <laughs> watch the trailer first mm. for right now. Like, like, because honestly, like, we don't, I mean, it's not going to really apply right now because there aren't trailers coming out. But don't wait for us to watch a trailer and then get mad because we're talking over it. Because... Mm-hmm. Well, because first of all, that gives these movie trailer companies, uh, or these people that are putting these trailers out, a reason to copyright strike us. Or not strike us, but copyright claim the video mm-hmm. because their trailer is in it, which is which is happening a lot. Like, I swear, every time I log in, uh, I think I see a new one. I don't, but I, it feels that way. I think the I think the only one that like fought my dispute super hard was about the Invisible Man because I shit on their the way that their trailer looked so bad. Which, I mean, fair enough. It turned out to be a good movie. <laughs> so yeah, I've got and so I've got to watch it now. That's that's my penance for shitting all over it. Is I gotta I gotta watch it now, which is in hindsight isn't the worst punishment in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like don't. Don't be upset because we're talking. That's what we're there for. We're reactors. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, there's kind of a, there's point. a reason why we were, you know, our faces were bigger on the screen than the trailers because, you know, you were there <laughs> yeah. to, to watch us, not the trailer. And and we would hope that that's the case. We would hope that you would have seen the trailer and been like, oh, let's see what these guys think of it. Um, but, yeah, that's just, I mean, that's the hope. But anyway. But again, super flattered. Yeah, <laughs> super flattered. Right, right. Oh, hey, well, you know, um, I was gonna say before we before we wrap this up, 
you know, there's not a lot of new content coming out lately, but I actually saw a new movie this weekend, and I think it comes out to the masses uh, tomorrow. And that's, oh, yes. uh, it's the Mortal Kombat Legends animated movie, Scorpion's Revenge. Have you seen any of the trailers for that? I have not. Um, after after the live action uh, Mortal Kombat films, <laughs> I kind of phase films like that out. <laughs> right. So. Well, so. <laughs> well, this is an R-rated uh, animated movie. It's full-length animated movie. It's an hour and 20 minutes. It's coming from the WB Animated Studio, so the same studio that's putting out most of the, the DC animated movies of late. And okay. um, it is it is R, and it uh, and it's it's pretty good, man. It was a it was a simple plot. It talked about you know uh, Scorpion and and what he you know goes through. Uh, you know he his family dies and he gets sent to hell, and then he is resurrected to go fight in Mortal Kombat and to find his nemesis Sub Zero. And and then the other plot is that the Earth Realm has lost the last nine Mortal Kombat's, and if they lose this one, um, then their world will be reigned uh, over by the villains, and so they can't lose. And it was pretty darn good, man. I loved the the uh, the animation. They did a lot, you know. They they combined, you know, like those those. Um, you know, the super violent moves in the game where it zooms in and it shows you the, the bones cracking and the blood and the oh, yeah. muscle tearing. So it combined that with well-choreographed and, and, and animated fight scenes. And I really dug it, man. And I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan, but I, I've always liked the story and, and stuff like that. And this was a fun movie. I, I really dug it. Nice. Yeah, so uh, that, that, you know, like I, I overlook animated features. I think a little bit too much, which mm-hmm. is weird because like uh, Under the Red Hood was like one of my favorite, so good uh, DC properties, yeah. and and uh, the Killing Joke it started off kind of rough, but it, but it was still really <laughs> damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to I need to jump back into that stuff. Yeah, like, I need to I need to give those a chance again because it's it's been a little bit too long since I like sat down and just enjoyed it like a cartoon, like even though even though it's R rated, like hey, uh, so am I, right? <laughs> so it works out. Well, and I don't know if this is going to be a series or if they just kind of launch this to be in some type of line with the you know the the Mortal Kombat what was it eleven game that came out there you know they're still releasing more uh characters for that all the time so i don't know if that's the only reason why they did this but it kind of seemed like it was leaving it open for another one and i'd love a series like this this is really fun and it was super violent and it was it was simple but it was it was good action and it was well made and the, the animation was really good like even some you know right now some of the the dc uh u animated films are kind of like, ugh, like the animation is just so weak. Uh, they're not all bad, but some of them are. But this one was really good. So I, I saw it come up as an option to, to watch as a preview, and I was like, oh, okay. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. So um, when it comes out, I think it comes out tomorrow uh, for everybody on digital and then April 28th on physical. 
um, I would suggest go checking it out. I think you'll like it. Uh, Speaking of uh, animated stuff, have you uh, checked out Clone Wars yet? So I told you I wanted to, and I totally planned to, but I so far have not. <laughs> I, no, I, I, got, I started I watching go the first episode. Watch so. I did watch the first episode, and and um, I I was gonna do like this whole thing. I was I was like planning to surprise you with like these um, these watch along videos that I was gonna hopefully post to our youtube page oh uh, okay but all then right. pull but, sneaky right but then all the recording software i could i could find you know like disney disney's uh app is is programmed to fight those so they so it yeah. wasn't recording any content and i was like well then what's the point of doing these but i did watch the first episode and i was kind of like surprised that that's how it started because like the first episode, like I, I even stopped it and like started it over. And I was like, is this the first episode of season one? And because like all the times that I've ever seen like a trailer for Clone Wars, it's always about, you know, it's about either Asuka or it's about, um, uh, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin, right? So I'm expecting, yeah, <laughs> I'm expecting them. No, that's not. The first episode is about Yoda uh, and a couple of stormtroopers trying to survive on this planet um, and trying to win, like, the allegiance of the planet's people, which are the floating bug things from episode one. And um, I was like, okay, this is kind of a weird way to start, but I guess that's just how it started. So I totally plan to watch more. Uh, I just got distracted with work, so I'll, I'm going to try to pick it up again this week because I'd, I'd love to watch it all. Yeah, no, the, the Clone Wars is, uh, I, like, I've always said that the Clone Wars and Rogue One are the only pieces of Star Wars media that actually feel like wars, mm. that feel like war stories. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's super good. Like, I'm going to go through and I'm going to binge watch it again here pretty soon. Like, that's going to be, that's going to be in my new background stuff. Uh, just because I keep forgetting that I have Disney Plus, like I forget about it all the time because it's just—I mean, it's always there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, until I want to watch like a Marvel film or something like that, I keep forgetting that it's that it's got such a huge catalog of Star Wars stuff in there too. Right. Um, well, speaking of Star Wars, I gotta I gotta get with you and get on this computer gaming thing because I'm not gonna buy a console anytime soon, um, and I feel like uh-huh. I don't want to wait because I saw like a walkthrough or playthrough of like the first, you know, 10 minutes of that recent star Wars game. What was it? Um, uh, Fallen order, Fallen order. And it was, it, I'm guessing it was in the oh. beginning, but it was him on the ship, right? When order 66 gets, you know, and basically like all of his friends start killing everybody. And I, I watched this being played oh. and I'm like, this is intense. Like I got to play Dude, this game. That, that scene, that scene almost made me cry, man. Like that, I oh man, I'm I'm so glad that that's that they showed that to you because it's yeah. Uh, I, I I'm glad, but I'm kind of upset. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I that know. one is available Part on console. But like, yeah, oh, I would be. I wish I wouldn't have seen this because I was never expecting it. But yeah, it was it was really yeah. good. Oh man, dude, it's it is a solid scene, and the music had me had me swelling up. It was uh. That is a great scene to, like, get you kind of hooked in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I will. I will never not 
give uh, Star Wars Fallen Order praise uh, for how good of a game it was and how good of a story mm-hmm. uh, they were able to produce without having it be like directly connected to any of the like the known Star Wars characters or anything like that. They did such a good job of giving him his own um, individual story without being like, oh, well, we got to throw R2-D2 or uh, we got to get some obscure character in there and don't get me wrong uh i i don't hate games that do that but it's really great to see that a piece of star wars media that isn't connected to that falls in line with the skywalker the skywalker timeline but doesn't touch on any of the uh any of the aspects that we've already seen right um so yeah uh after the podcast is done i'd i'd happily like go over um what it would take to get a pc built for you and We'll build you a monster. Absolutely, I'd love. Like, I'd we'll, love to. I mean, not not a crazy, not a crazy monster, but we'll we'll build you a monster. Well, the, uh, just one more thing about that. The the other thing I really liked about the the ten minutes of playthrough that I saw was that, you know, in a lazier world, whoever this Padawan was, you know, he could have easily been like, oh, you know. Obi-Wan was training somebody else and Obi-Wan had a cameo in the beginning, but no, he was being trained by a Jedi that we've never seen before. And granted, I haven't, I haven't digested and ingested every single Star Wars media out there, but I didn't recognize his race or anything like that. And he was, and it was just really cool seeing somebody that I didn't know about. And, and I was like, man, you know, it's kind of sucks that this is happening, but I would have followed this, you know, this duo through a whole saga, you know, so it gives me it gives me hope that they that they you know put that in there and 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 now that the now that the Skywalker saga is done, you know we can we can lean more towards that kind of stuff and and maybe we'll have more of that yeah. in the movies and and it you know it's something that I hope we'll see. That's kind of why with this uh, uh, Star Wars: The High Republic, which is uh, which is going to be, a, I, I think it's a graphic novel series, or con- I can't remember if it's a book or a graphic novel series. But um, when that comes out, I'm hoping that we see um, like a story followed by, followed with like two main characters, which are a master and apprentice, because I really want to see that dynamic of uh, like if it's a long series, kind of how that uh, how that Padawan grows up. Yeah, without you that, knowing uh, what the end is going to be. You know, without you yeah. expecting, like, when are we going to get there? You have no expectations. You might recognize yeah, when's some he gonna of the be Vader? in the background. What's gonna happen? Yeah, you, you just, there's, it's all a question mark. It, you know, the, the, the most creative stories can come from a place where you have no idea what's going on. And that's what I want so much. I, I want a Star Wars story that isn't on the same three planets with the same villains, uh, with the same ancestors, just give me something new for the love of God. Absolutely. Well, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up and uh, get you a PC, get you a part list. Yeah. And uh, fire it up. Um, well, thank you very much, Nerf Herders, for uh, for tuning in this time around. Uh, this was episode eleven. We will have episode twelve for you later this week. I am uh, I am on call for work, and they are messaging me, but I'm only the backup. Something must be really wrong. Uh-oh. Uh, so sorry for the phone noise. Um, if you guys want to catch up with us on social media and join in on the conversation, I highly, highly encourage that. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, 
Uh, you can also find us on YouTube where we have done several different trailer reactions and we will have some, hopefully, once this COVID business uh, relaxes a little bit and we're able to get back to creating video content, we'll have more of that for you as well. Um, but if you have questions or if you have topics that you would like to that you would like us to touch on, uh, we try to record two podcasts a week. So there's a good chance that you're going to be able to get in there and uh, get it answered in a reasonable time frame. So uh, until then, uh, until next time, I guess. <laughs> until then, that doesn't make sense. Until next time, Nerf Herders, we will see you guys later. See ya.